0: of Monique and Sydney's Open Relationship. How you doing, Daddy?
1: Wonderful. How you doing?
0: I am doing absolutely wonderful. But t- today's topic is um, one that must be talked about because I'm a little challenged with it still, okay? And like we told the people, most of these conversations is based off of my challenges, okay? <laughs> most of these conversations is shit <laughs> that I'm dealing with, and we have them in a the closet, and we have to bring them to the light,
1: Tell them about so it. So
0: this, today this topic is, how do you deal with your anger when you know you have been wronged? How do you deal with it?
1: How do you deal with it?
0: How do you deal with your anger when you know you have been wrong? How do you deal with it when you know somebody that brought some bullshit to the table? How do you deal with that?
1: Now, we got to set it on up.
0: Set it on up, baby.
1: Because people have to know why we had this conversation. Mm -hmm. So when we think about why we had this conversation, tell them why.
0: Okay, so we got a—we were having a business call with some business folks. And what we agreed to contractually, when it came time for us to deliver, we delivered everything we were supposed to do contractually. When it came time for them to deliver, they did not deliver what they were supposed to deliver contractually. And it was done with no apology and almost with a tone of that's just how we do it. Don't question us about it. So y'all know, of course, my shoulders went up because I'm like, Daddy, they wrong and they know they wrong and they know." And and I, my challenge is how do you let somebody know that they have wronged you without being angry about it? I'm still trying to work on it. But I watched you do it so graciously, knowing that these – knowing that – because, baby, I'm trying to find the words, okay? Knowing that what they had done was a practice that's done oftentimes in this game – and that's a practice of there are some things that Sid and I will sign up for, and we don't just sign up for for the talent part of it, but we sign up for the business part of it. And when we sign up for the business part of it, we want those credits. To We want to make sure we get the credit for what we've done.
1: Credit for what it is that we've done. Receive the monies that you're supposed to receive without having Weird formulas that have been introduced into a a situation where there was no discussion of no discussion of a weird formula. And the interesting thing is then, despite the indiscretion of not fulfilling their obligation, within the breadth of what they're talking about, they find a way to still ask for a favor. And Mm -hmm. they're strangers And they're asking us and they're strangers to us as we are strangers to them, but yet they feel comfortable asking for a favor and still looking forward to what was uh, supposed to be delivered to them to be executed unapologetically after not doing what it was that they said they were going to do for us. And we have to reiterate in those moments and not shy away from it that these are the reasons why we get labeled as difficult because it can be difficult when people that sometimes have the unmitigated gall in this particular situation and sharing it with these individuals, we happen to be the only individuals that were Brown, but we've been in situations that we were dealing with people who were Brown and we're still trying to get over. So it proves that the color of your skin is not indicative of the trickery or mm. the good business that you're interested in doing. It's depending upon the person. And in dealing with that, I grew up in a place called Baltimore, Maryland, which is the equivalent of saying a place called straight out of your ass. Come on, okay? then, where Straight they, out of straight it. Straight out, meaning the folks that I grew up with, they don't play. If it's a problem, they're going to deal with it. They're going to be straight up. And I grew up in the 70s in an environment where I was. it was predominantly white, so on a regular basis – I was being called a nigger going to school, going from school to the degree where I asked my parents, is there any particular reason why you named me nigger? And they said, that is not on your birth certificate. I said, it must be because they're calling me this every day. Who's calling you this every day? The people that I'm going to school with. Well, just so you know, and don't get too fucked up about it. They've been calling us that for a long time. Okay, So at that point, when I... Heard that because it was a pivotal moment because it said you can't keep fistfighting people because of how they're treating you. And then when you show up and and the authorities, if you will, show up, teachers, police, parents, whoever, you're all upset. So now it's going to look like you're the guy who started all of this. And this was a profound experience for me because what it told me at an early age is you've got to learn, to t- learn how to manage your emotions, brown man. Because you're living in a world where there are already depictions of you, and your white brothers and your black brothers and sisters that are out there in Asian, Latin, the community at large, have been, this information has been shared collectively. And there are those at large that believe in it, and there are some of them that don't believe in it. But it's dependent upon you to make sure you always conduct yourself in a way that they can't say you were the blame, despite the fact that somebody may have done something to you that was wrong. So we fast forward into these meetings that we're now having as adults where no one is calling me nigger and no one is calling Monique nigger. However, it's a feeling of because that you're brown There's a level of treatment that you can you're supposed to be subjected to. And Mm -hmm. I hypothesize that this stems from slavery, because when you're used to a group of individuals not getting anything, then all of a sudden it is an epiphany that now you're getting something and you should be satisfied with that. And this evolves into this mindset of a lack of equality in pay because at least we're getting what we're getting now, despite the fact that there's no parity in what we're getting. And when you see our white brothers and sisters out there and white women and speaking in reference to the indifferences or the lack of fairness, and they We'd say we would say there's an end that is had that is not had with a woman of African-American descent, whereby there was never a discussion of the glass ceiling until white women decided to get involved in the business world. So take it back to now where you as a black woman and I'm representing you as a uh, black woman and us as business partners who happen to be of color in a world that is not dominated by people of color. There's oftentimes this feeling that we're not gonna pay attention to the fine details. And it's because of our experiences that we have to. So, because of that, when we find out that we're wrong, there is this thinking that they're gonna be explosive, they're gonna be volatile, they're gonna be, or they're gonna be extremely docile. And for us, we like to say that we'd like to be in between, if you will. More so, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, as opposed to kicking in the door, we like to use the handle and our way of dealing with people to open their minds up. And that's all that we tried to do in that conversation. So as opposed to calling anyone bitches, hoes, this, that, and the other, it's one of those things where we simply said, listen, if you'd be so kind to treat us in the way that we are treating you, because there's this bad bone about us that we don't like to do certain things and we don't like to promote and we don't. And where it comes from is that people are disinterested in doing what they're supposed to do, but yet they want us to do what it is that we're supposed to do. And we say, that's unfair. We need you to get it right. And then they get it right.
0: Okay. And this is the part that makes me, I don't know if the word is mature I don't know, I don't know what the word is, but where I'm challenged, where we will have conversations with executives, heads of networks, you name it, we will have these conversations and they will be adamant about what they can't do, though they've called on me. We didn't pick up the phone. We didn't say, would you mind? Could you please? They've reached out to me, and they said, hey, Sydney, could we get Monique to do X, Y, and Z? We will say, okay, but this is what we're going to need to do X, Y, and Z. Oh, we can't do that. And we'll say, but you called on us. And then the treatment then becomes they're really difficult to deal with because they will not bow down. And don't they know us calling them is we're really doing them a favor because now we're really saying we like you. The personality that I came into this earth with, that kind of personality, I have not mastered yet to speak to someone as delic- delicately and as gentle as Sydney does because he truly gets it to the bottom line. But I'm so up to the top of my goddamn Cause I know you didn't try some slick shit and ain't nobody ever said you trying to be slick motherfucker. Ain't nobody ever said that. Now I've had a conversation like that with an executive in Hollywood. I did because they were messing with my money. And when it came down to you messing with my money and me taking care of my family, I don't have time for this. Okay, let's go and have... No, fuck all of that. This is what you told me and this is what the fuck is supposed to be because now you're talking to me as if you've done me a favor. You don't have my goddamn money and I've already performed the service. And what that gentleman said to me was, wow, no one's ever talked to me like that. And I said, that's why you so fucked up because no one's ever said to you what you're doing is wrong because they bank on us being Scared. They bank on us being so afraid that if I say something or if they see that I'm pissed, it could damage my career. And there's been quite a few people in this game called show business. When I was angry, they knew I was. There was not no when Monique walked away. You think she was upset? They knew goddamn well that shit had gone different. We've had it so much so that we've been on the phone with folks executives and, 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 and presidents of companies and they talked in such a manner that I was saying in my mind, are you really are you really talking to me like that? Are you really And it's having- not
1: so much just talking to you. It's it's more along the lines of are you putting yourself out there as if you don't have an expiration date? Are you putting yourself out there talking to the world at large on a regular basis? as if you would be accepting of the way in which you're talking to us if someone is talking to you in that way. Like, you want something that is, you want something to be done for you, but you want us to accept that you didn't do what it was that you were supposed to do for us, but yet still do what it is that we were supposed to do for you. How does that make sense? And it. I learned something a long time ago in my first sales job when I was a teenager during the summertime selling Kirby vacuum cleaners. Mm. And a gentleman by the name of Artist Webb said, hey, you can have a conversation about anything, anything you want, but it's the way in which you have a conversation. And I never forgot that because in our lives from Monique and I being together and prior to, I've had conversations that people would feel a level of uncomfortability in having because they think it's going to end up volatile. Mm-hmm. They think it's going to be an argument. But when you feel like I have full possession and control of my faculties, that despite what someone else says, short of if they swinging on me, you know, <laughs> obviously you got to react. But short of it just being a conversation, I can stay cooler than you can stay hot. So I've had practice because we've gone from now you're trying to take advantage of me verbally from being called niggers and on a daily basis. So there's a level of the, the, the largeness of it is not so large, though it is sometimes frustrating. And you say to yourself, What is the best way that I'm going to be able to address these folks? Because at the end of the day, based upon who we are, it is very easy to portray it as we were the difficult ones. So when we look back on it, if people get to know you as being a person who is over polite, overly polite, then it becomes a little bit difficult for the reasonable to believe that all of a sudden you were impolite unless that person did something extreme. And for me, there's no need for me to be caught up into the extremities of their disrespect by being impolite because that's not going to solve the problem.
0: And <laughs> and I'm trying to work towards that. But in my spirit, my name is Bertha May, and I live in the back-lick woods of Tipalisco, Mississippi. And what we was taught was, when the motherfucker gets you wrong, Bam. you let Kick. that motherfucker Bam. know. Kick. Now, what? after you done said what you needed to say, as long as we understand each other, we could. We good. But, bitch, I needed you to know I'm pissed at you right now. I don't want you to leave the church dinner wanting to know, was Bertha May upset? Yes, bitch, I was. Because you didn't bring my $10 so I could go to bingo. Right. With everybody goddamn else.
1: With everybody. So
0: what I'm saying is, I am trying to... But you know what, Daddy? I don't know, in all fairness, okay? There are some things about me that makes me... That's my makeup. It's it's who I am. And I know there are people that will say, Monique has (laughs) cussed. Monique has cussed me out. But if they finish the story, what they'll say is, because I tried to take advantage. Or oh, because I I did. thought I thought that she should be inferior to me because I thought. So I'm not just the girl that goes, oh, I'm just getting ready to cuss. What I am, I'm trying to be the lady that understands how to Deal with that anger to still let you know that what you did, I didn't appreciate, but not allow the situation to take me out of my joyful place, if that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. when I do get angry like that, by the time I'm done, I'm sweating, okay? And I'm breathing real hard, and normally I'm crying because when they get there, here come the tears, and then Sydney has to say, okay, now let's have a different conversation. And then once we do, now I'm feeling like, bitch, you went through all that. Only to get right here. So we had to have this topic today. How do you deal with your anger when you know you've been wronged?
1: Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it.
0: When you, and I think, too, Daddy. hmm I think that comes from for me. And I don't think this is a unique place. I think that comes from when you have been violated and you could not say anything. You 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 you, you it was a secret. It was a quiet place. It was a inner scary place but you knew what it was and you knew inside you were screaming Mm -hmm. but you couldn't say it out loud Mm -hmm. and I think once I got to a place where I could scream it out loud if you were trying to violate I wanted everybody to know I wanted everybody to know so I don't know yet how to whisper my dissatisfaction
1: but in realizing that because when you say you you weren't able to at that time I think you look at it retrospectively and say that you were able to, you just chose not to. So mm. now that you are cognizant of the fact that you're able to, you're quick to scream, you stealing. <laughs> you stealing. You yes. cheating. You Uh-uh. This is not in you going back to all the people who have done that. However, then when you take into consideration that you're probably not running to any human being that can't tell you a story about somehow someone did not play them fairly. Mm-hmm. And because we are not unique, what will make us unique is the way in which we handle those situations that usually befuddle people in the way in which they handle those things. We handle them differently because if you keep doing the same thing, why would you be surprised that you keep getting the same result? And when you're really speaking about something valid, you do them a service by taking it to the left and arguing and cussing because now you've taken it from a world of let's be logicians about this, let's deal with this reasonably and rationally so that the validity of what you're saying is enhanced as opposed to the anger distracts the validity of your conversation and you play into the hands Of those who want to now tell you, I told you that bitch is crazy. I told you. Do you see how she's yelling? Do you see how she's angry? No one says, but you stole her money. Okay. Well, that's besides the point. She didn't have to cuss me, but you didn't have to steal the money. You didn't have to put the credit up. You didn't have to falsify what it was that you did. You didn't have to treat them in a way in which you would not want to be treated. When you hear individuals say, and we hear... One of the difficulties from an executive who said, we heard that Monique wanted people of color behind the scenes, more people of color. And the gentleman that we were talking to was with us who happened to be Caucasian. And he said to the other gentleman who was Caucasian, well, you do realize that there weren't any people of color. Mm. And then that executive retorts by saying, I know. I don't buy into any of that, but I'm just telling you what the knock is. But what happens is, as a white man having a conversation with a white man, there's a level of validity that is being had to that conversation because he feels there's no skin in the game, and he's allowed to slap the proverbial jukebox to make the record play right Mm. by saying, hey, if there are no people of color there, do you think she's really wrong for expressing that? She's uncomfortable with just being the only one that it would only be right if she could kind of bring some of her people and make this a colorful place. It's not just people of, of, that are black, people of color, are our Latin brothers and sisters, our Native American brother sisters, brothers and Asian sisters, our Asian brothers and sisters. Not just, but diversify this so that we all can get a taste because if you believe that this is a a concept that is wrong— then why ever would it be predominantly white around here if you weren't thinking in a similar term? So when we address it like that, then people say, you know what? Here is the truth. I just never considered it. Mm -hmm. I'm so used to seeing it this way that I never considered it any differently. And then you realize that the people you're dealing with aren't racist. They aren't sexist. They aren't on an intentional Uh, From an intentional standpoint, they've been conditioned into being blind to a reality that they have not had to accept and or would not be would not be accepting of. And because of that, it is our job to talk reasonably to illuminate the blind so they can see where we're coming from in a way that is not malicious When you understand, because, again, it is better to understand than to be understood. And when you truly understand, it will allow you to articulate yourself in a way that other people can understand you. And you can be understood.
0: That's why I'm grateful to the universe. I got him.
1: Okay? Because
0: because there are times he then has to come back in and say what she meant was. Well, she meant what she said, but not because... I, I think that sometimes, Daddy, people like me are needed. And, of course, your personality will outweigh a cuss out any time it will. Your personality will outweigh a screaming and a hollering any time it will. But there are some people that... You got to say, bitch, are you kidding me? Because that's the only way she going to get it. Because I've been that person, <laughs> then that was the only way that I got it, was to say, bitch, are you kidding me? So I, I think that sometimes those personalities, those shocking, those shocking because that cat I talked to that day that did not give me my money when he was supposed to, and he was a big wig. I don't think or I think he considered the next time going to somebody with that okey-doke, he may have considered it because he may have thought that, shit, they may have the same kind of personality Monique has. And, yes, she gave it to me, but what she was saying was 100% right. And I think it's cowardly. It's cowardly. When people say, oh, Monique can be difficult, God damn it! I'll take that title. I will.
1: But tell me why. But
0: tell me why I'm difficult. Tell me what it is about me that makes me brave enough to say that bitch is difficult because she would not let people be mistreated on a set. That bitch is difficult because she would not let them put this man in a t- taxi at a snowstorm.
1: With twin babies.
0: So... I am okay with that and still trying to learn and grow. That's why most times I look to you and you already know when I've gotten to that place where you say, okay, mama.
1: Well, and at the same time, what you hit on was, in my opinion, correct. There is a need for individuals like you because if it wasn't, you wouldn't exist. Mm -hmm. In the ecosystem of this world that we live in, you see the raccoon, you see the insect, you see the birds, and there's a reason for it being that way. In this social ecosystem that we have with people, your personality fits in because sometimes you have to get the foundation disrupted so you can rebuild that, and you're what's called the straight shooter. You're what's called a straight shooter. So what you're calling people out on, though it may be abrasive, is not something that is unbeknownst to them. They know why you're calling them out. They know why you're saying you're wrong. They just didn't expect you to be like, and motherfucker, because you're from (laughs) the
0: streets. Okay? (laughs) Wow, Daddy, I wish I could call them other things. I wish I could. Y'all, one time I was visiting my grandmother, and she wasn't doing good. And it was a business call taking place with Sydney our attorney, and the other gentleman's Gentlemen's Was on the phone, and I'm sitting at my grandmother's bedside. Oh. And I got her hand in my hand, baby. And I'm looking at this vibrant woman going through it. And this man is on the phone talking some shit. And then he says... Because they didn't do what they were supposed to do contractually. And then he says, well, I'm going to have to get off the call because I'm getting ready to go into the spa. And and get get a massage. And I said, maybe if you stop getting so many motherfucking massages and run the goddamn company, we wouldn't be in a position we fucking in right now. If you don't do what you're supposed to do and stop bullshitting and I'm done talking to your ass. I said,
1: daddy. I'm getting ready to go right now. <laughs> Do you need anything else? <laughs> yes. No, I think you said what you needed to say and you enjoy, and we're going to rap a little bit later. <laughs> we're going to rap a little bit later. And after that, after she said that, and though that exec was momentarily crestfallen, the reality of you've been in this situation before, you've dealt with talent before, and you know that level of passion in what you're calling in on, for them to execute their job is the very thing that you are having to deal with when you haven't done your job. So it's all love. She just expressed herself, and he agreed you were right. He just was shocked that you cut to the chase like that. And then after the conversation, when you agree that, hey, I made a mistake. It's my fault. Sydney. I get it. And then we say, cool, let's move on. And that's what we were able to do. Then you realize that what you said was necessary. You had to shake up the ground. But then we come back and we make nice (laughs) because during this brief visitation, it's like, why are we going to walk around mad? You've stated your point. They've said that they were wrong. We're not going to beat nobody up. When they say that they're wrong, but they may not have come out at that moment to say that they were wrong had you not cussed them out. (laughs) They would not have come out. Sometimes you got to cuss them out to to bring them out. Come on, Dan. You've got to cuss them out to lift them up. Say it. As opposed to cussing them down. Say it. And sending them on. Come on, Dan. Okay? Yeah. So once you did that, that allowed him to open up his mind and say, you know what? I better stop playing with them. Uh. Okay. And if not them, definitely her. (laughs) (laughs) But it was the real gangster
0: shit of that moment because I felt like I was being disrespectful in front of my grandmother. Even as this grown woman, and I'm like, oh, my God, my grandmother's sitting right here. And when I hung up the phone and I looked at her and I said, Mimi, I'm sorry you had to hear that. She said, sometimes you got to say the shit that need to be said. Okay, then that's where I come from. And then she went back to, oh, Nikki. Right. You just the most beautiful little girl ever.
1: <laughs> right. right.
0: So I, I think that when we say, how do you deal with your anger when you know you've been wrong? And one thing that's helping me too, when I've wronged somebody, how was I dealt with? And this man sitting beside me, I done wronged him sometime. <laughs> been wrong I've wronged it you but the way I was dealt with as if I was all the way right so I have to be considerate of that and I have to also be considerate of who I who the person is that I believe is wronging me and sometimes I don't think I take that into consideration sometimes I just think I see the flag of wrong and I don't take into consideration that person is my sister not my my birth sister, but my sisters, as in, Tommy, my sister, robbing my sister. They ain't going to do no shit that's going to intentionally try to. So I don't want to create a story in my head. Wait a minute, was she trying to be smart? Well, it's like, no, bitch, I wasn't trying to be smart. I'm just telling you what you need to hear. But because I can get caught up in I'm being wrong. And I am I don't care what side or where it's coming from. And I want to mature in that area, and know where it's coming from. Because the same way I will cuss out a stranger is the same way I have cussed out people that truly loved me. And I saw what somebody put in in the Periscope. They said, I just cut people smooth off. I used to do that. And there are some people that I cut off that I wish that I didn't. That I think if we just had a conversation... And we had wronged each other. If we had just sat down and had a conversation, that I think I would still have one friendship that I really appreciated and had a great time with, and that was this cat named Eddie Satterfield. And if anybody knows him, tell him I said, hey. But we were wrong each other and then just didn't know how to talk to each other and deal with it, and it got to a place where we just threw our hands up. But in having these open and honest conversations, I know there are some sisters and brothers out there that, We want to cuss out when we're wronged, but we don't take in consideration how we're treated when we're the wrongdoer. Now, if all you know is, shit, when I get wrong, I cusses. When they wrong me, we cuss, and that's it. That's not what I know. That's not what I know. So I want to be patient and considerate, even with people that I don't know that are doing something wrong. And then I have to take in consideration... Like my daddy was saying, are they doing it wrong intentionally or is it just the way they're used to doing it?
1: And if they're doing it wrong intentionally, you can intentionally address them correctly so that you can reveal how wrong it was that they were doing. But if you address them incorrectly, the wrong that they're doing is going to be covered up by the wrong that you're doing in the way in which you're addressing them. So when we take the time out to say, listen, I'm not perfect. This person is not perfect. And they may be trying to purposely take advantage of us, but because we believe in the universe and the way in which we do, we understand that that situation is going to be taken care of and we've got to take care of ourselves in that moment because sometimes I'll have a couple strips of bacon, okay? The pork. Sometimes I'll have something that could raise my pressure up along with being angry. Del and pickle. we know about how we as people of color be having that hypertension, heart problems, and the whole nine, so we've got to look out for ourselves From a standpoint of health, as opposed to keep on raising our pressure, because now our old asses—you see this gray in his chin—I'm not coloring that bullshit no more. Brother be walking around with dye on his fingernails, (laughs) like I'm sick or something, (laughs) trying to look young. My ass is almost fifty out this mother. Yeah, me. I'm going to accept. I'm going to accept my forty-nine, about to turn fifty, and call it a day. So at the end what no baby we gonna be 49 this year though is what my point is I'm 47 right which Riley's makes me 47. 48 You're right 49 yeah. this year right
0: you know what though There was a woman at the show that gonna call out her girlfriend when I said girl how old are you she said that bitch is old I said bitch that's why I don't nobody like you <laughs> at the church cause that ain't your business She just going to call it out like that. Mm -mm. 48, baby. 48. And you're right. That shit, when when you get to getting angry, your heart beat a little differently now.
1: So it's like, in addition, when you have children, they're watching you. Mm. So the question is, what are we saying to our children, not only verbally, but in our actions, when they're watching us or hearing us talking about anger even when they're wrong even when or or even when they're right and they've been wrong how do you deal with that and our children are going to watch us and there are things we can be taught we sit down and we learn 2 plus 2 and there are things that we learn through observation just whenever daddy get mad he get to throwing shit (laughs) he broke a glass the other day and it almost hit mama in the head right and that's what they see. Now we don't understand why Junior, when he get mad, he throwing his PlayStation remote around <laughs> and busting that shit up, and it almost hit his brother in the head. Well, he saw you throw the glass and almost bust Mama in the head. He only doing what he thinks you, sh- uh, what he thinks he should be doing when he's like, cause he learned from you. But if we say, listen, it's all right to be angry. It's natural. This, it's not like it's happening inorganically. It's organic. But how are you going to control it? Because we have conversations with our children and say, listen, it's a struggle for white kids, too, <laughs> to make it in this world. It's a struggle for them to make it in this world. Do you think that it's going to be easier for you, brown children, okay. in this world? If it's a struggle, because, again, please let us not forget our beautiful-spirited brother, Cancerian and Robin Williams. Come on. When you see people are saying, nah, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. He's white. Nanu, Nanu. He yes. he was the More. man. Love. The whole nine. But guess what? It got a little too tough. So what we're saying is the life that we live, this shit is not easy. It's strange motherfuckers is trying to figure out where our origins, where have we come from? I don't know. We're sitting here on the planet collectively with a group of motherfuckers that are trying to act like they're better than one another, but yeah, we stuck here together. Mm. So you so goddamn good, get the fuck up off this planet <laughs> again. And leave shit <laughs> for the people that ain't trying to fist fight and blow up shit. Go
0: you go on. Fuck on. You go on now. Oh, Okay, so I have something to share. What share? When well, we say that we teach our children, and they're watching us. So yesterday, I made some banana pudding ice cream.
1: uh Oh, okay, and it was delicious. It was, <laughs> it was delicious,
0: right? But the kids were like, "Mommy, this was so good. Oh man, mommy, this is delicious, right?" So I know what that's coming from. Instead of I'm just saying, "This is really good." So they'd be like, they come hug me. This is so good. Because when I made that chocolate cake, <laughs> yes, and it hurt my feelings so bad, James. I didn't know how to deal with my anger. Okay, so I threw the shit in the trash and went upstairs devastated. Okay. And all we said
1: was, it was good. It was just a little dry. That's all. Because she asked our honest opinion, you know. And somebody would say, but you're not supposed to say that they cooked it. Well, when I say if that shit don't taste good after I fixed it, don't eat nothing. Cuz see that's what I was told. If it don't taste right, even though I cooked it, don't eat that cuz what I rather you see you do is put it to the side as opposed to be sick. Okay? That's going to hurt me worse. Okay? To see you sick off of some shit that I ate. Now we got proof that it was bad, okay? Now you sick. So I've, I've lesson learned because
0: they are watching and it's like i don't want them to feel like listen here she might jump
1: some shit off so right this mama that was, was delicious the best the best out <laughs> this motherfucker we wrote a poem about how delicious your uh, ice cream was you want to hear it here we go <laughs> this shit is delicious mama is true this shit is delicious because we love you this shit is delicious and you've been told this shit is delicious your heart is like gold this shit is delicious <laughs> We don't want you to be sad, because the last time we said that your cake was dry, your ass got mad. <laughs> Amen. Okay? That's the poem that they're going to give to you, because um. don't nobody want no trouble with you, baby. And then you surrounded by guys. All of them. You are queen. We don't want no problems from the queen. That's why we had all boys, because the universe knows if I had four girls... That right now I would have leaped out of the window. <laughs> I would have leaped out of the window, swan dived on the ground and left not a note. <laughs> Cause y'all already, in the words of Big Freedia, you already know. Like oh. y'all three, three young ladies. Okay, come on. So today's show. Today's show
0: is how do you deal with your anger when you know you've been wrong. Like, and how will you deal with it after hearing these conversations? Because in the beginning, I was adamant about God damn it, I'm Bertha May. Bertha May. From Topaloo, Mississippi, and I'm going to cuss a bitch out. Topaloo. But as-
1: <laughs> Top-a-loo. <laughs> Topaloo. Not too below. Topaloo, damn it. It's right below, too below. Okay? Now go on.
0: Because I was adamant. About that, okay? But as we talk through it, and I'm saying, wow, sis, you are almost 50. And in one of those anger moments, will it trigger your heart differently? Will it take your pressure to a place where you're now at stroke level? So I'm coming to the conclusion I'm too old for that. I'm getting too old for it. Now, for uh-uh. those of you who are listening, please don't ever think that there will never be another one because a bitch might still try me after she listened to this right here. She might be like, oh, mold, mold is softened up. No, <laughs> no
1: They don't know you shadow boxing, punching ribs. That's in the freezer,
0: okay? But I am I'm excited for the grown woman or the little girl to catch up to the grown woman and understand it, you don't have to get angry at anything at all.
1: You really don't. And sometimes we should be focused, because I hear this a lot being the smartest one in the room. Mm. Mm. Who gives a goddamn about being the smartest one in the room, as opposed to being intelligent enough to add something to the room of all these smart people? If you have something to offer in that regard, then you already you, you, you win it. And it's not about being the smartest one in the room more so than it is about being an adult in the room
0: oh baby now because okay i used to struggle with that too i didn't like to look stupid and i didn't like to i didn't like to be around people having conversations that i really didn't know what they were saying you know so i'm glad i'm in a place now with that i could easily say what does that mean what are you saying? I remember Dr. West was on the Monique show one time, and he said, "It get down in your, uh, in your visceral.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what he said.
0: Wasn't it in your visceral? What's this? Your visceral? I know, I
1: no. Your what is- I don't know, but don't know you didn't know what it was.
0: I had no idea what he was saying, and I'm like, listen. And I was saying to myself, you're not the only one sitting here watching this right now, and that man just said a word, and you have no idea what he means, which means it can throw you off for the rest of the conversation, because that one fucking word could take y'all. So I had to say, I'm sorry, Dr. West, what does that mean? He said, when it get down in your crawl, Crawl, right? like when it come from your gut. I wanted to say that nigga say when it come from your gut it's down in your visceral. But—
1: yeah, he used the word visceral, but not down in your visceral. So, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> okay, right. I'm saying it wrong. But No, you're saying it right just in the wrong context, but at the, <laughs> at the end of the day, the right meaning is had. It was down in your crawl. Something was visceral to you in the way in which you expressed it.
0: Yes. So the point I'm saying to that is be unashamed, and please don't be embarrassed. If you're with a group of people, and they start having a conversation that you're not knowledgeable about, be unashamed to say, Y'all know what? I have no idea what y'all are talking about, and I wanna be a part of the conversation. I don't want y'all to walk away and be like, Oh, that bitch shy. No, I'm not. I just couldn't be a part because I had no idea what you were saying. And you know, we did a press last time we were in Chicago, and the woman said, you know what um the president said? Orange is what was she said like Orange is not the new black. Orange is not the new black. She said, What do you think he meant by that? I wanted to say, bitch, I didn't hear him say it. So I don't even know mm-hmm. what you talk about. But what I said was he meant love. Okay. because everything that <laughs> president obama says always has the feeling of love to it so whatever he said and that's that's my true feelings whatever that brother said he said it in goodness and she was looking at me like bitch you you hear here that part i didn't okay but whatever he said it was love
1: <laughs> and and again when it comes to not knowing when we realize that What do we know? Like, what is guaranteed knowledge? And you're on a daily basis. We're hearing stuff that's been noted as true for years and years, and then all of a sudden somebody's there to discount it and saying, no, that is not true. It's not accurate. So we are never going to know it all, and why in the world do we think we need to know it all And why can't we say we don't know it? Because oftentimes we're talking to individuals that are presenting themselves as if they know it all, and then you begin to ask them questions, and they say, I don't know. (laughs) And you're like, oh, well, you you were talking like you knew. But at the end of the day, you're able to see past that because you're saying, I know what that is because you want to feel smart too. Me too. But I guess we both dumb and hey what a benefit to realizing that we are ignorant and don't know everything that way it allows us to be humble enough to listen to the potential of what it is that we don't know Y'all, we're talking about it. Talk about it. Where are we? Where are we? Where we. We. We, we can people go to see the show, to hear the show? You know where they can go, Daddy. Tell them. They can
0: go to play.it and click on Monique and Sydney's open relationship. And don't you just do it and be a as selfish ass. Tell a friend. Tell, and tell another friend. And another. Tell your
1: mothers. Tell your brothers. Tell your fathers. Tell your sister. Tell your family. Tell the misters. Tell the sisters. And everyone. Okay. Because I didn't have no more could. to
0: get. I'm going to shut Okay. Down on I got to just tell. Y'all, this and this don't have shit to do with shit. But it took me back to when Sydney and I used to work in this place called Kensington, Maryland, right? And I had a four festiva, Bang. four gigs, AM radio. And the only thing we could get on the radio was my first husband, who used to do a sports show, right? I mean, do the sports for W.E.B.B. radio station. So whenever Calvin would come on, we would listen to it, and we'd be like, oh, we'd be so proud. And then Sid would start rapping. And baby, he would bust out a rap and he'd be rhyming real good. And just like the day it would get to a certain point, he'd be like, because I said so. huh?" I'd be like, is that the
1: end of it? I'm going to shut it down because I don't need to rhyme. But that's why they never gave me my contract either because I had been working for years on the hip hop hustle. But, you know, they shut me down because they like yo, your lyrics. They need to rhyme. This is rap. Daddy, so you got like, great lyrics. Hey, well, you know, I appreciate that. You really do. What y'all need to do is tell Clive Davis and them, that, uh, give me an opportunity. Now, I think you make better rap with
0: money in them.
1: Money? Uh, cash money? Now? Cash money. I call this ass money. Right, because, see, they know about putting respect <laughs> up on it. Come on, They're going to put respect up on it. But I'm too old now for all of them shenanigans. I'm going to just kick it with you, and we're going to chit-chat about a few things. That's all.
0: How do you deal with anger when you know you've been wronged? And when you there, there's this one sister that um, she Instagrams often, and she says, Monique, I listen to y'all show. I work overnight. She said, and I listen to that show, and she said I go through all kind of emotions. I laugh with y'all. I cry with y'all. I want to cut somebody out with y'all because I think that's what this show is, and it allows you the freedom. To simply be who you are unapologetically and not be politically correct. Because I think being politically correct, that's why you have so many people that don't know how to handle their anger when they've been wrong. Because they want to be politically correct in how to deal with it. Sometimes it's okay to be in, in politically correct. Is that it?
1: Just not politically correct. I'ma roll, it down.
0: Okay, I'm gonna roll okay, with that. Okay, then shit. Okay, because you knew what I meant. Then you damn right. I'm right. okay.
1: politically correct. then. <laughs> <damn>, my bad. i <laughs> politically correct is what it is. Now.
0: I appreciate shit. those that know how to shorten it down. For it, me. Come on. i don't correct. Have a large, extensive dictionary of words. Come on. I don't. Come I don't on. Have a, but I'm learning. You know, I used to feel bad that I didn't. Mm-hmm. I used to feel bad that I did not know these $20 words till I would say, well, what does that mean? And then she would say, well, this means this. And I would almost look at her like, well, why are you speaking fucking Chinese? You're saying a whole dialogue of shit only to say that meant you're right. Yeah. Well, then, that's why. Like, that almost make me feel like, know your audience. Yeah. Now, if you've come to have lunch with me and you want to start talking to me about the visceral and the indoctrinations,
1: listen, listen. However, as quickly as you say that, there's been a level of appreciation that I've seen you have because, again, it's better to be able to understand others than sometimes to be understood and when you take these words that people are giving to you it's a wonderful thing to speak simplistically because that shows you there's nothing up your sleeve and people use words sometimes to soften the situation or not because we oftentimes don't take uh, enough time to say what we mean and sometimes we say hurtful things. Here's an example. You can look at your wife and say, when I look at you, you have the type of face that stops a clock. You can say that. Or you can say, when I look at you, all time stands still. Now I've said the same thing, but if you say that your face stops a clock, (laughs) versus when I look at you, all time stands still, same thing. But you might take it a little bit differently, and that's when that thing, and you get to kicking up and get to cussing, fighting, kicking, stomping, <laughs> and all of those things. Okay? <laughs> you dig? So sometimes you yeah. got to take, though the words were simple, the thought process behind the way in which you say certain things, <laughs> you know, can, can can dictate a certain response. That's all. You know, oh baby, the guy—the guy, guy that's told by his husband, uh, by his wife—you sure do have some small shoulders. And he looks at his wife and says, "That's probably the reason why I didn't get a better wife." Right. Oh. Now you didn't watch what you <laughs> said, and he didn't watch what he said. Wow. Now everybody's fight fisting. <laughs> Fist fighting, fist. kick stomping, stomp kicking, right? So that that's is my point, not and nice. that's not mine. That's Lou Holtz, okay? That's fo- legendary football coach Lou Holtz. That's what he had said, and I'm just sharing that.
0: Oh, that's so not kind. It's not,
1: but he was making a point.
0: Well, I'm gonna make another point that I thought was something beautiful that don't have shit to do with shit, but it's got everything to do with everything. We were watching last night the unsung of Brother Otis Redding. Now, Otis Redding died when he was 26 years old, very young brother. His wife is still alive. And she said, people ask me, how come you ain't never remarried? She said, I don't need to. My husband loved me enough. I don't need to. Like, what? And she said, when they brought his body back, the manager was going to tell me where they were going to bury my husband. She said, No, you're not. He's getting buried in the front yard. Mm -hmm. So that man is buried in the front yard of their home. Mm -hmm. And with the biggest smile on her face, she said, I like him there. Come on, then.
1: Come on, then. I just wanted to
0: share that, baby. That just, and you're talking about, (laughs) he could have got a better wife. And huh? And she know who coming to see. And him. she know who coming to see him. How beautiful was that? That's beautiful, Bart.
1: That, you got offended by that last Did comment. I got <laughs> kind of you back, man. <laughs> you was like, "Let me represent the ladies that love their husbands," because that shit that he said about the small shoulders and shit and his response, I don't like it. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I agree. You see, point. how do you control your anger? That's that's the point. That's the point. When you've been wrong. When you've been wrong. So we. We hope that you've heard some things whereby you can take the best and you can leave the rest and tell a friend about what you heard today. Hopefully you dig it. And what we've been talking about, we don't have all the answers as individuals, but collectively when we share them, we find that we do. So. We going to shut it down, love? You're going to take us on home? Well,
0: we're going to take it on home, but we must tell everyone to please go to flickspremiere.com and download our new movie, Interwoven. Tell them. And we did a little something different. You know, we went the independent route, and we were able to tell the real story with no interruption. And this is not one of those movies, you're not going to see no high-speed chases, you're not going to see no explosions, but what you are going to see is people's real-life stories and how they were able to deal or either not deal.
1: So please go on out and support this movie. This wasn't made with multiple millions of dollars by a long shot, but it was made with a lot of love. Mm -hmm. So go check it out. Hope you can appreciate it. And, uh, you know... Let us know what you think.
0: And if you're going to be in Ontario, California next weekend, we all going to hear this show Monday. So the weekend coming up, we're going to be at the Improv, two shows Friday, two shows Saturday. Two shows Friday. That's a tongue twister. Two shows Saturday. And when we say those comedy shows have become something different, what are they, Tommy? Come on, then. So, we want to thank y'all for tuning in, baby, and listening to Monique and Sydney's open relationship. Please go to the Instagram at The Real Mo Worldwide. Go to our Twitter at Mo Worldwide. If you want to make a comment, please leave one. We love y'all for real. I'm Monique.
1: And I'm Sydney.
0: And as my daddy always says, the mind is like a parachute,
1: it's no good unless it's open.
0: We love y'all.
1: For free.